number 530, but my mind's in a, going in a direction. I've got to get a course correction this morning, but I got to speak to the young people along with the college and career this morning, and we talked about how big is your God? In your mind, how big is your God? Is he big enough to take care of everything in your life? I hope he is this morning. Let's sing that song, The Shelter in the Time of Storm. Welcome, everybody, to the service this morning. Looking forward to a wonderful time together as we continue our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, it's good to have some guests in the house today. I'm uh, glad to have you all here. Welcome. You're among friends today. And uh, we're so thankful you choose to worship the Lord with us here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, continue our service with a word of prayer and ask His blessings upon all that goes on. Lord, we do thank you for your love for us. Thank you for being our shelter in the time of storm. Lord, we all experience storms in our lives, and we're grateful that we can come and uh, find our shelter in our relationship with you. And uh, Lord, I pray if there's one here today that does not have a relationship with you, oh, I pray that today would be the greatest day of their life. Uh, may they come to Jesus and be born again. And Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, I pray you'd help us to grow in our relationship with you today, and that you would be magnified. That's our church theme for the year, and I pray, Lord, that you'd be magnified, that your name would be lifted up, and that we would all be drawn to you and then to each other as well. I just ask that uh, you would have your will accomplished with all that goes on today, and pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, please remain standing as we continue with How Firm a Foundation. Thankful we have a foundation in the Lord that is firm. It's unchanging and it will last forever. And so let's sing about that. The words will be on the screen uh, this morning. Brother Randy will come lead us. Page 601, if you want to use your book, The Foundation of God Standeth Sure, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. 
That's a great promise that uh, he will never forsake us. He'll never leave us, uh, no matter what happens. And that is a tremendous blessing. Uh, well, we want to continue our service with our memory verse for the month of August. This is the last service. We'll do this particular verse. Well, it's two verses. It's uh, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. Um, I don't think I've quoted it yet this month, so I'm going to attempt to do it. Okay? Uh, let me. I'm looking at my uh, bulletin this morning. And just to kind of get me started here, okay, I think I got it. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Amen. Close. Not exactly verbatim. So, yeah, next, next month... John 11.35, Jesus wept. Uh, I'm going to make it easy on everybody, okay? Does anybody else have it memorized that would like to try to quote it? Okay, good. We have a couple takers. All right, Brother Dan. That was it. Good work. Go, go ahead. Got it. Nice. Good work. Okay. And Mr. Bryce. There you go. Good work. Good work. You guys are doing great. Anybody else like to try? Better be careful. Any type of hand movement right now is uh, dangerous. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, say it one more time together as a church family before we move on to a new verse next month. All right. Ready? Begin. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Isaiah 26, 3 through 4. Amen. And that's been an encouraging verse, verses to uh, think about this month, and I hope that you've enjoyed that too. Okay, just a couple quick announcements as we continue our service. I um, want to mention uh, we, did have, uh, we did have the fifth family Fifth Sunday fellowship meal uh, scheduled for today. Uh, we're going to postpone that to a later date. Um, I'm not sure exactly when we're going to do that, uh, but I just wanted to, in case you didn't uh, get the notice on that, uh, we'll not have the meal after the service this, this morning. Um, and being that it is the fifth Sunday, we are not going to have our evening service uh, tonight. So 
uh, use that time for family, for fellowship with other uh, church family, or for prayer time. Um, use that time uh, for the Lord's sake, and um, use it however you see fit on that. But um, no evening service tonight. Uh, Monday, we do have our Faith Bible Institute that is uh, going. It started kind of last uh, Monday, and uh, that's continuing on. If you have questions about that, please see Brother Terry. I'm not sure where he is at the moment, uh, but uh, he's around, and you could ask him about that. This Wednesday night, we are going to be uh, doing, for the men and ladies, uh, we're going to be doing our separate Bible studies. Uh, we started this last, uh, well, at the beginning of the year, and then COVID hit, and we haven't done it since. But we are going to kick that back up again uh, starting this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Uh, we do have the two Bible study books out on the table if you're interested in coming. And if you're going to be part of it, then uh, please go by and pick one of those up. I know most of us already have one. Guys will read chapter 2 in preparation for that. Ladies will read chapter 3 in preparation for that. And we'll come together and kind of discuss it and go through it together. I think it'll be a really uh, nice time to have that separate men's uh, time and separate ladies time. Uh, teens will be in that as well. Uh, children's service will be as normal, uh, but I wanted to make a, just a note of that. Then this, this Saturday uh, at 10.30, we will be having our outreach. We had several people show up yesterday, and uh, we got out several different flyers out into our community, inviting people to church. Yes, but also the gospel is on there, and so really that's the whole purpose of us going out is to get the gospel out into our own community. And so I would encourage you to take some flyers. If, uh, if you're not able to come on Saturday, take some flyers and use them as you're out and about, uh, as you go through the drive throughs as you go get your cup of coffee, um, give, them, get, give those out if you would. Uh, I do want to mention, uh, if you didn't notice, our driveway project is uh, pretty much completed over in the auxiliary parking lot, and uh, that's gone really well. Uh, we're not going to be driving on it until, uh, so not, th this whole week we're going to just let that concrete cure, and then uh, next Monday we'll take off the, uh, the caution tape, so we won't really get to play on it yet until, uh, and try it out, you know, until after that, because we want to give it as much time to cure as possible, but, uh, but it, it, it turned out really well, and I'm thankful for the guys that did that. Um, Jacob is, uh, made it safely to college, and uh, he is there, and uh, he wanted to uh, have me read this uh, thank you note to the church family. It says, just want to thank you and ask the Lord to shower you with his blessings. And he writes this, thank you so much, church family, for the gift. More importantly, uh, for the chance to serve you throughout the spring and summer. You have inspired me through your faithfulness throughout the coronavirus pandemic. You have encouraged and loved me throughout my first few years at college, and I know you will do the same my very last year. I am eternally grateful for your support. I know God will reward your kindness. Jacob Barant, Ephesians 1.16. And so I'm thankful for him. Keep him in your prayers as he starts his semester uh, really today slash this week as they get started with all the different uh, orientation and all of that all of that good good stuff. All right, I think that's all the announcements I wanted to make this morning. We're going to go ahead and stay seated and uh, sing a, a newer song. I mean, it's not a new song, but uh, it's a song that we haven't sung since I've been here anyway. It's uh, called uh, Wonderful Peace. It's uh, page number 591 in your hymnal. Of course, the words will also be on the screen. 
And uh, let's learn this song and uh, sing it out together uh, this morning. There's a reason we haven't sang it since he's been here. (laughs) It's new to me. This time we're going to uh, have uh, what we typically do on Sunday mornings is we have a time of uh, worship and prayer uh, before we get into the message. And so we're going to go ahead and do that. Feel free to bow right where you are or just um, come up here to the front either way. Uh, But we're going to just take a couple moments and uh, have some time of prayer. And then afterwards, Brother Chuck, uh, right here in the front, would you mind coming up and kind of closing that time in prayer right before the message, if you would? All right, so we're going to go ahead and do that at this time.
Father, we come to you today, Lord, and we thank you for this time that you've given us. Lord, we just pray, Father, that you would uh, clear our thoughts. Lord, soften our mind, soften our hearts, clear our thoughts. Lord, so that uh, the message that Brother Eric has for us today, Lord, would, would take root, Lord, and that, uh, Father, we could all come together during this time. Lord, we thank you for the visitors we have today. Lord, we pray that uh, each and every one in this room has a specific need. We pray, Lord, that those needs are met today. Father, we just thank you for this country. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the privilege we have to come and worship freely. We just pray now, Lord, that if there's one here today that does not know you as Christ and Savior, Lord, that they might be saved today because of this message and because of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And we ask us all, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Very much. Well, if you would, at this time, take your Bible, if you have one, and turn it to the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter number 5. As I mentioned, we're going to continue our series through the fruit of the Spirit Galatians chapter number 5, verses 22 and 23, and if you're able to physically stand, if you would join me uh, in standing for the reading of God's Word out of reverence for the Holy Word of God. Galatians chapter 5, and uh, verse number 22 and verse 23. Again, hopefully we get these uh, verses memorized as we get through this series. But uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love... Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer one more time, if we could, please. Lord, thank you for, again, this time together this morning, for the songs that have been sung, for the time to just spend with you uh, and with one another. But Lord, now as we look into your word, I pray that you would grant us wisdom I pray, Lord, you'd guide our thoughts, and uh, I pray that uh, you would help me to articulate clearly uh, the truth that you've given me this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So a few weeks ago, we began this series on the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, at the very beginning of this message, just to bring us back up to speed, because I know a lot can happen in seven days, and so... Uh, just to remind us the importance of abiding in Christ and walking daily in the Spirit in order for Him to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So uh, we, we, we want these aspects, the, this fruit of the Spirit to take place in our lives, but it doesn't come by just mere willpower. It comes by walking in the Spirit and abiding in Christ. Uh, that's absolutely nece uh, a necessity in verse number 16 of Galatians chapter 5. It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then in uh, verse number 25, it says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So uh, we talked about the importance of walking in the Spirit and abiding in Christ and being connected uh, to the vine, to the trunk. And of course, the vine is Jesus Christ, and we have to have that time in our life where we were connected to the vine. And if there's not been a time in your life, I hope that today will be that day for you. 
Uh, then we started walking through some of these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, one, one of the things we mentioned at the very beginning is the fruit of the Spirit is actually singular, even though there's nine different uh, aspects to the fruit of the Spirit. Because, see, it's not like you go into Golden Corral. Um, I think there is a Golden Corral that's opened uh, right now, even after all this COVID situation. That's what my wife tells me. Is it the one in Norman? It's the one in Norman. Okay, so if you want a buffet, you can go to the one in Norman. Um, but, it, you know, you go there and you're like, okay, I like this, I like that, but I don't like the lima beans. Okay, that, that's me. I, I cannot stand lima beans. I'm really going to ask the Lord why he created lima beans. Uh, but um, I just kind of go through and pick what I like, and the things that I don't like, I, I, I don't take. But see, the fruit of the Spirit's not like a buffet. It's all, it's all of it, um, and, and God's Holy Spirit produces all of it. Now, does He produce all of it at the same time in every aspect of our lives? No, but, um, but He does, and he, he will be uh, producing all of the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, we did start looking at the, uh, the different aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about love, joy, and then last Sunday we looked at peace. Now, today we're going to look at the fourth aspect of the fruit of the Spirit, which is long-suffering or uh, another word for long-suffering in our modern vernacular is patience. And so the title of the message this morning is Practicing Patience. I read a little poem, and it goes like this that somebody wrote. Patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Found seldom in a woman, but never in a man. <laughs> and uh, I think that that's very accurate, at least the man part, at least. Now, I know this is not everyone's favorite aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. This isn't exciting. This isn't one of those, yay, I like to learn about being more patient, because we know what that usually means. Now, there was a couple uh, humorous uh, memes that I came across this week that talk about patience. Let's look at the first one here. I don't know if you can read it, but bless me with patience. Not opportunities to be patient. I've had plenty of those and they don't seem to be working. I just want the actual patience. Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work that way, does it? Uh, God does bring us through those opportunities to learn and grow in patience. And then the other one here, this one is, uh, be careful what you pray for, but please bless me to have patience. And then the answer here, you're going to get what you asked for. You wanted patience, I'm going to give you a bunch of traffic. This makes much more sense for those of us who spent some time in Southern California. Here in Oklahoma, it's kind of a rare deal to have that type of, uh, well, I guess up in Oklahoma City, you could have some traffic like that. But um, that, that's, that looks like the 405 freeway or the 5 freeway, if I ever saw that. Anyway, now I know we joke about patience from time to time, but the truth of the matter is patience is an integral part of the Christian life. And a supernatural fruit of the Holy Spirit he produces in our lives as we abide in Christ and walk in the Spirit. It's also a necessary element to grow in if we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And so this morning we're going to take a brief look at what the Bible says about long-suffering and patience. So uh, number one, I want us to notice here the explanation of long-suffering. What is long-suffering? What does it mean? Uh, well, simply put, long-suffering means to suffer long. I know, you're like, I came to church to hear that. I could have figured that out at home. Thank you very much. Um, 
it, it, it also kind of gives the connotation that it means slow to wrath. Webster defines long-suffering as bearing injuries or provocation for a long time, patient, not easily provoked. In other words, it means having a very long fuse where it takes a long time for us to blow up and explode. James puts it this way in in his book, in chapter 1, verse 19, James says this, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived in the book of Proverbs, said this in chapter 14, verse 17, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. Proverbs 14 and verse 29, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Now, patience is a difficult thing for all of us. There's a couple reasons for this. First of all, our nature, our own makeup. Uh, by, by nature, all of us aren't patient. Uh, we want patience, and we want it now, right? And uh, we expect that because of the fact is we are impatient people. I was, uh, I was in Burger King this week eating my super healthy lunch filled with tons of vitamins and minerals. I know, don't judge me. You're like, you ate at that place? Yes, yes, I did. I ate lunch there. And uh, while I was eating there, I noticed that uh, a man walked in, and uh, he was waiting for someone to take his order. Well, the the workers were back in the back, and they were kind of filling the orders from the drive-thru, and they were busy, and there was no one up at the front counter. I was watching and waiting, and uh, so was he. And for uh, literally only 60 seconds, though, is, is all he waited. And then he kind of just turned around and went, <sighs> and then threw the door open and walked outside and stormed off. And, and I was kind of thinking about this message as I was watching him, and I'm like, that's me at times, though, too. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're impatient by nature. Uh, unfortunately, the church has picked up on this as well. I read of a church in Florida, and uh, I'm thankful they're not here in Moore, Oklahoma, but uh, there's a church in Florida that promises a 22-minute service. They offer fast music, quick prayers, and an eight-minute sermon. So, I, like I said, I'm glad that they're not here in, in Moore, Oklahoma. Otherwise, everybody would be going over there. <laughs> So don't get any ideas, Cornerstone Baptist Church. We're not going to a 22-minute service. But the reason they do that is because people are impatient. And uh, they want something, and they want it very quickly. Uh, I think also it's difficult, not only because of our nature, but also because our culture is uh, impatient. I mean, we live in a day of uh, microwaves and fast food and quick print and uh, freeways with uh, the fast track. Um, when we were in uh, California, that was the case. There was, uh, there was one lane that you can be in that you had to pay to be in. And, uh, and I know that that's... Uh, is, that, is that here in Oklahoma too? You, the, there really isn't like that. It's the carpool lane. Um, and it's not even the carpool lane. It's the fast, fast pass, fast track. 
that what it's called? FastPass, yeah. So uh, it costs about, uh, there was one freeway, 91, uh, going through, going to Riverside. And uh, it changed the cost depending on the time of day and how busy it was. And at the most expensive time, it was about $11 to go on this particular, uh, be in this lane. And it wasn't exactly that much faster either because a lot of people took it. And so there was only one lane, and it was $11 to be in that lane one way. And so you do that day after day, that adds up quite a bit. And so the explanation of long-suffering is that uh, just be willing to suffer long. And I know that it doesn't come easy to most of us. Most of us uh, like things to happen right now, right away, but, but God doesn't always work that way, and uh, we need... To, we need to be patient. We need to be long-suffering, and, and that's why it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something we can produce in and of ourselves, because by nature we're not uh, patient. And so I want to notice, secondly, though, not only the explanation of long-suffering, but the example of long-suffering. Uh, there have been some tremendous examples and stories of long-suffering and patience throughout history. I think he Excuse me, even in the Bible, there's tremendous men who displayed wonderful amount of patience. Uh, we were talking about uh, several people in our Sunday school class uh, in the Bible, different characters, and uh, somebody said Job uh, was their favorite uh, Bible character because of the patience that Job uh, displayed in, in the midst of tremendous difficulty and suffering. Uh, Joseph was another tremendous example of patience and long-suffering, right? He was mistreated by his brethren. He was uh, lied about and thrown into prison. And then the guys in prison forgot about him when they were released. And, and, and then, I mean, just thing after thing. And yet Joseph remained faithful and he remained patient and God did bless him. There have been some tremendous stories and, and, and examples of long-suffering and patience but the ultimate example of long-suffering and patience is none other than the Lord Himself. Uh, God is uh, tremendously long-suffering and patient, and He's the ultimate example uh, for all of us in that area. The Bible declares in Psalm 103 and verse number 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. Exodus chapter 34 and verse number 6 declares this, the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. So God is long-suffering. That's one of his attributes. That's one of his characteristics. That's part of his nature. He is long-suffering. He is slow to anger and he is extremely patient with me and with you. Psalm 86 and verse number 15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. I think about, uh, well, let me read this verse in 2, Tim, 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, 
As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, God has the right, after the first time we sin, to incinerate us. He's that holy, and that's what we all deserve because of our sin. And yet, God is long-suffering to us, giving us multiple chances and multiple opportunities to uh, repent and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God is long-suffering to us, word, and I'm so thankful that He is. I think about uh, back in Genesis chapter number 6. The Bible says this about the condition of the world at that time. Chapter 6, verse 5, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for repenteth me that I made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so, he decided that he was going to destroy the world through a flood. And by the way, he did. But you know what? He held back that judgment because of his long-sufferingness. I don't know if that's a word. His patience. Uh, he, he held that back for those 120 years as Noah built that ark in preparation for the coming judgment. He held it back according to 1 Peter 3 and verse 20, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. God could have just said, you know what, enough is enough and it's over. But he was long-suffering and waited for that ark to be built. Waited and waited. I just want to encourage us to remember that, yes, God is long-suffering and He is patient, or He is patient with us, but His patience does run out at some point. That rain did eventually start. So, yes, He is long-suffering to us, to us we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is going to come a point or we'll no longer have the opportunity to come to repentance. And so for those of us who are here who have not yet come to repentance, I want to encourage you to come while you may. You don't know when that patience is going to run out for the Lord, but it will at some point. There, 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 it could happen in death. Of course, at that point, it's too late to make the decision to come to Christ. But for others... God lets us harden our hearts, and, and He hardens our hearts for us at times, to the point where no longer can we get saved. I, I don't know where you're at in this whole timeline, and I'm not saying that uh, God won't let you get saved if you don't get saved today, but I'm just saying, look, God has given you an opportunity today to come to Christ. Come while you may, please. Thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Yes, he is the ultimate example in long-suffering, but his long-suffering and his patience will at some point run out. At some point, that door of the ark closed. No one else was able to enter in. And at some point, God's going to close the door for you. 
I, I want to encourage you to come in the ark while you can. He's given you an opportunity. He's long-suffering to usward. But that patience will one day run out. I want to see thirdly and finally this morning the exhibiting of long-suffering. In what ways are we as believers called upon to exhibit long-suffering and patience in our lives? I mean, how are we to be patient according to the Scriptures? First of all, I want us to see that we need to be long-suffering during trials. I'm going to invite everybody to turn over to James. We're going to look at a few verses in the book of James uh, for this thought here. James in chapter 1 here. You see, we understand the value of the virtue of patience, and so we want it, and we want it now. But the truth is that oftentimes patience is produced through trials. The reason that Job was so patient is because he experienced and endured and went through a difficult trial. And the reason that you and I can really be patient is, in other words, we have to learn the hard way, okay? The hard way is many times the best teacher. We don't want to go through the hard way. We want to take the easy route. You know, I want to, uh, I was just talking to uh, Logan this morning about, uh, he just started college and he mentioned he dropped a class. And I'm not sure the reasons you dropped the, cr- the class, but I remember in, in college, uh, there was Greek 3. There was Greek 1 and 2, and uh, there were about 20 guys that went through Greek 1 and 2. And then Greek 3 came, and we got the syllabus, and there were about 15 of us in that room. We get the syllabus, and, and the professor gets up and kind of goes through the syllabus and announces kind of what we're going to be doing that semester and that year. And uh, it was honestly quite a bit overwhelming. And uh, we, we went to chapel a little later, and then after chapel, we're all back at the dorm room, and, and uh, we're all kind of sitting around, and everybody's like, well, I'm dropping Greek. I'm dropping Greek. Ain't no way I'm going to do that. And, uh, and I was kind of like, oh, I kind of want to drop Greek too. It looks like it's going to be a hard semester. Like, this is going to take, like, this is a full-time job just doing this one class. Uh, and so I, I was thinking about dropping it, and a couple guys said, Eric, you know what? We're going to stay in it, and uh, you got this. You, you, you go ahead and stay with me. Stay with us. We'll get through it together. And so I decided to do that, and guess how many people were in that class? Three, three people in the next class. And so three people went through Greek 3, and three, that same three people went through Greek 4. And guess what? All three of us are still in the ministry today. Uh, praise the Lord. To God be the glory. But uh, one is a missionary in Honduras. One is a pastor, I think, in uh, Wyoming. And uh, praise the Lord. Uh, but here's the thing. When it comes to learning patience, we sign up for the class, and we look at the syllabus, and we go, yeah, I'm going to drop that class. I don't really need patience. Patience is overrated. <laughs> like, no thanks. I'm going to take a hard pass on that one. The truth of the matter is, God doesn't really give us those choices, does he? We can't really drop this particular class as we grow in the Lord. Uh, James chapter 1 and verse number 2, the very second verse of this uh, book, he opens it up basically with this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. 
And uh, we looked at that verse when we were going through the, uh, the fruit of joy. But uh, here we go in verse number three. Let's continue on. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh, what's the next word? Patience. So the trying of your faith worketh patience. In other words, it, these trials can produce patience in our lives that we would never get had we not gone through those trials. See? Uh, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Uh, let's look in verse number 12 of James chapter 1. Here's an idea of... Uh, kind of hanging on as you're going through a difficult trial. James 1.12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised, promised to them that love him. So here, when we're going through a difficult time, sometimes it's all you can do to just hang on. Well, hang on and endure and make it through. James chapter 5, let's turn over there. We need to be long-suffering and patient during the trials that come our way. And all of us, there's not, there's not a person in here, you know, who... Um, how many have zero allergies, to your knowledge? Zero allergies. Okay. How many of you have a lot of allergies? Raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. So I don't really have any allergies except for one. And so now I'm allergic, to, and we found this out after moving here to Oklahoma. So I'm allergic to Oklahoma, I think is what it is. No, it's not, that's not the case. I mean, I'm allergic to, you know, something in the air at times when I get done mowing the yard. I sometimes I'll sneeze and my eyes itch and all that. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. There is one allergy that I found out that I have this uh, since moving here, and that is an, I have an aller allergic reaction to quinoa. I, it, I'm so allergic to it, I can't even pronounce it right. Whatever it is, quinoa. Quinoa? See? Quinoa, thank you. That's it. See, like I said, I'm so allergic, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> but if I have just a little bit of it, it messes with my stomach, and whatever's in my stomach doesn't stay in my stomach. Well, we were... Um, and we figured this out uh, when we were, I was watching an OU game. And no, I'm not allergic to the Sooners. Yeah. <laughs> Brother David's hoping that I'm allergic to this. He's allergic to the Sooners. But we were watching a game and, and uh, my wife made a really nice uh, fish dinner. And uh, she had some, uh, whatever that's pronounced, uh, she put a bunch of that on the plate, and, and it tasted good. I was eating it, but uh, it wasn't, I wasn't through the meal, and I was like, I'm in, I'm in a world of hurt here. And we tried to figure out what it was, and we, we thought, hey, it might be this. Well, then, uh, was it Friday night, we went to Red, Red Lobster as a family. I wanted to have a family night, and uh, so we're at Red Lobster, and they bring my food out, and there's rice there, and I'm eating it, and it tastes really good. And about three-fourths of the way through my meal, I'm like, I'm just not feeling good. Something ain't right here. And I looked a little closer at the rice, and they had a little bit of that in there. I was like, oh, no. So, yeah, sure enough, I got to taste my food twice. And, uh, look, I know that... Uh, <laughs> 
we're, we're, we're all allergic to, um, where am I going with all this? I have no idea. Okay, no, the point is, I think a lot of us would say, oh, I'm allergic to trials. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, we, we have to face them. They're, they're going to come into our life, and you can't avoid them. Uh, for f- some, some trials we can avoid, but, uh, but many of them we cannot. I mean, Job didn't have a choice. It was the Lord who uh, sovereignly allowed that one in his life. All right, James chapter 5. Sorry for the long uh, TMI uh, story there. That wasn't in the notes, and that's always dangerous to veer from the notes. Uh, James chapter 5, verse number 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. In other words, hold on, because he's coming soon. Hold on. Be patient, therefore, brethren, in the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband, husband waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, and he, uh, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So just kind of hang on. He's coming soon. But then notice here, verse 9, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. We count them happy which endure. The ones who made it on the other side of that trial, they can be happy because they hung on and they are glad they did. He continues here in verse 11, You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Look, hang on. Be patient in the trial that you're going through right now. The Bible, one of the greatest words in the Bible is, and it came to pass. In other words, what we're going through right now will eventually come to pass. It's not going to last forever. Um, And I'm thankful for that truth. And so let's just hang on and endure through these trials. I read about two frogs this week who fell into a tub of cream. One looked at the high sides of the tub, which were too difficult to crawl over, and said, you know what, it's hopeless. So that frog resigned himself to death, relaxed, and sank to the bottom of that tub of cream. Well, the other one determined to keep swimming as long as he could. Something might happen, he said, as he kept kicking and churning. And then he finally found himself on a solid platform of butter and was able to jump to safety. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's a good illustration <laughs> to help us keep going in the time of trial. I also read about a mule, a guy who owned a mule and mule was out in the field, and there happened to be a well in that field, and that mule found himself in that well. Now, the mule was not exactly something that this owner really desperately wanted to save, so as he looked at the mule, he's like, I don't know how to get this thing out of here. It is what it is. I think I'm just going to do the humane thing and bury him with, with dirt. And this, this well is kind of out of commission anyway, so... Let's just kind of end this thing. And so he began taking a shovel and shovel by shovel, throwing dirt onto that mule with the idea of him being buried with all of this dirt. Well, every time the dirt fell on the mule, he's like, what is that? And he kind of shook it off. And every time that dirt hit him, he, he shook it off and kind of kept stepping on the dirt as it began to grow. 
And before long, he was able to get out of that hole that he was in. You know, the thing is, is the trials that are maybe feeling like, hey, this is going to bury me, actually will help us to grow and help us to be the way we should be. So it was intended to bury him actually became his way of escape. And may that be true for all of us and the trials that we're going through as well. To not let them overcome us, but let them develop patience in our lives and spiritual maturity. So we need to be long-suffering during trials, but then we also need to be long-suffering with people. The first one makes... This first one's easier to talk about. This one's not as easy to talk about, is it? 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4 says, Charity suffereth long. Charity suffereth long. Ephesians 4 and verse number 2. Paul says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another, in love. People are going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt people. Uh, when, when that happens, it's not a matter of if, right? It's a matter of when. So when that happens, how do we react? I mean, one thing and you're done. End of the relationship. That's not the way it ought to be, folks. We are to be long-suffering. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. uh, Paul says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. So as you're getting dressed in the morning, spiritually speaking, make sure you don't forget to put on long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. This uh, long-suffering with people is to be exhibited in a few places. It's to be exhibited in the home. Patience is required within a, within a, within a marriage. I mean... I have to be extremely patient with my wife. No, actually, it's the other way around. The truth of the matter is, she has to be patient uh, with me. But I know there's been times where patience is required from both parties in our marriage, and I know that to be the case for every marriage. Patience. Moms and dads, we need to be patient with our children. It's hard to do because we want them to be perfect. The problem is, we're not even perfect. (laughs) How can we expect our kids to be perfect? Um, We need to be patient with our children. And by the way, children and teens, you need to be patient with your parents because they're not perfect either. Siblings need to be patient with one another. See, this patience idea, this long-suffering needs to be exhibited in the home. Sometimes it's one little look in the home and one of the siblings flies off the handle and it's like, whoa, settle down. Patience needs to be exhibited in the home. But it also needs to be exhibited in the house of God. Look, all of us in here this morning are all a work in progress. And many of us 
probably me especially, are EPR Christians. What is EPR Christians? Extra patience required Christians. And I would say that that's me. That's me. And I can also, can I also encourage you to be patient with one another um, and with the pastor of the church, whoever that is? Uh, because the pastor, you all know this very well, um, but he's not perfect. And uh, I know I'm far from it, and I need your prayers, and I need your patience as I grow in the Lord. And I realize, and realize this as we look around the room or uh, as we consider the fact that there are people in our church who are in different locations, spiritually speaking. Some who have been saved for many, many years and very mature in the faith, and some who have recently come to know the Lord as their Savior. Let's be patient with one another as we're all in different locations in their journey. The key is that we're all heading the same direction, though. See, oftentimes what happens in a church is the more mature believers look at the immature believers with a critical eye, and what that does is it turns those mature believers the wrong direction. See, we're all to be looking unto the Lord, who is the author and finisher of our faith, not looking at where everybody is spiritually. And when we start looking at each other spiritually, it, it creates a, a form of pride. Uh, the mature, mature believers look down at the uh, immature believers and say, you guys, I can't believe you're doing that, or I can't believe this is going on in your life. And they're looking down in pride. And then the, Im- the immature believers, if they're only looking at the mature believers and saying, it, it, it can cause them great discouragement that they're not where they are at. Let's just all keep going the same direction and uh, we'll all mature as the Lord leads us. So exhibited in the house of God, let's be patient with one another. Let's be patient uh, uh, and long-suffering. And then this is also to be exhibited in the workplace. Well, but pastor, you don't understand my boss. Or you don't understand my coworker. I mean, they're not a believer, and they do this, and they do that. Uh, patience and long-suffering are to be exhibited there, too. It's also be to be exhibited in our community as we are out and about. Um, I know that uh, some people are more patient drivers than others. And uh, we need to be patient with the ones who are more patient <laughs> than us. Because maybe we're more patient uh, than somebody else. And uh, hey, guys, can we turn off the phone? That would be super swell. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, so we need to be patient with those in our community, and especially on the road. That's sometimes difficult, but we do need to do that. Uh, well, the title of today's message is Practicing Patience. Now, by show of hands, how many of you would say, I am perfectly patient? Would you raise your hand? Okay, I, I figured there'd be one. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, none of us are perfectly patient, right? It's a work in progress in all of our lives, but we do need to practice it because as many of us have heard the expression, practice makes perfect. It should be that the longer we live, the more patient we are. I don't want to get to you know, my 80s and I'm just this cranky, cantankerous, grouchy man. I want to be a joyful, loving, gracious individual at that point. 
You see, we need to practice this patience. Uh, the key is that we continue to grow in this very important area. I was reading this week also about uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, along with uh, uh, Sherpa mountaineer Tenzing Norgay. And uh, Sir Edmund, Edmund Hillary was known as the first man to successfully climb Mount Everest, the highest mountain in the entire world. Many of you may not know this, though, is that Hillary failed on his very first attempt. On May 29th, uh, 1953, Hillary scaled the highest mountain then known to man, 29,000 plus feet straight up, which is uh, a little over five miles uh, above sea level. Amazing. He was knighted for his efforts. He even made American Express card commercials because of it and won a plethora of awards and accolades from some of the most influential people in the world. However, until you read his book, High Adventure, you might not have known that Hillary had to grow into the success. See, a year earlier, in 1952, he attempted to climb Mount Everest, but failed. A few weeks later, a group in England asked him to address its members. Hillary walked on stage to a thunderous applause. He then stepped back from the microphone and walked to the edge of the platform, and he made a fist and pointed at a picture of the mountain, and he said in a loud voice, Mount Everest? You beat me the first time, but I will beat you the next time. Because you've grown all you're going to grow, but I'm still growing. You may have won the first time, Everest, but next time I'm winning because I'm still growing. So the encouragement for all of us this morning is let's keep growing in the area of patience by allowing the Holy Spirit to produce this part of the fruit of the Spirit as we walk in the Spirit. I want to conclude the message this morning by having you turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to look at the free, first three verses of this chapter. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. The author of Hebrews says, Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with, what's the next word? Run with patience, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, verse 2 says, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There's that endurance that we talked about, enduring the trial. Aren't you glad that Jesus endured the trial of the cross? I am so glad that he did. Where would we be if he uh, did not do that? If he said, you know what, enough is it. This isn't even my sin that I'm having to deal with. I'm out of here. He could have done that. But he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says in verse number three, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. In other words, because Jesus was patient and long-suffering, and because he endured, you and I can do the same thing. If he can endure the cross, you and I can endure the trial that we're going through. If he can uh, endure the difficulty and all the, uh, in verse 3, the contradiction of sinners against himself, if he can endure that, you and I can be patient with the people in our lives that God puts there. 
the fruit of the Spirit. The fourth aspect is long-suffering or patience. The title of the message is Practicing Patience. I hesitated to bring this message today because you know what? The Lord's probably going to test us on that this week, isn't he? He's going to put something in our life that's going to say, hey, here's an opportunity for you to practice patience. I should preach on how to be rich, you know, (laughs) And, and give us a test on how to be rich. You know, I want that type of test. I don't want the test on how to learn patience. But the point is, it's necessary if we're going to be conform to the image of Christ, which is the whole purpose of our Christian lives. So let's practice patience this week uh, by enduring trials and by being patient with those around us.